This episode is sponsored by Lahuria Studio, which are, in my humble opinion, the greatest tanning products on the market. Use the code YOURPOWER10 for 10% off at checkout. Welcome to Your Power with M. Rose, the unfiltered behind the scenes of business, modern personal development, and creating your dream life. I am M. Rose, and here we talk about all things business, life, relationships, mindset, and manifestation. So if you are ready to step into your power, then you are in the right place. Hello, you wonderful human, and welcome back to another episode of Your Power. I am so excited to have you here as always, and I'm so excited that you chose me to be in your cute little ears for this moment of your day. So thank you. Now, if you've been around for a while, you will have heard the name of the person in this interview many times. I am very grateful that I am able to call her a very good friend of mine. It is Ash Jarra. She is the founder and director of Creative Cacti Media, which is a social media marketing agency here in Melbourne. It has been a long time coming to get her onto the podcast, but I promise it was worth the wait. Ash tells us all about how she started Creative Cacti and the very interesting single moment that the universe sent her an opportunity that managed to change the course of her entire life. She gives incredible advice to anyone who may be looking to start in the industry, as well as advice for business owners and creators to kind of utilize social media to grow and strengthen their business or their venture. Ash has gone from having a childhood where she was dreaming she was like the rich kids to being a corporate nine to fiver, to a chef on a bus that drove around Europe to now owning and running a six-figure social media company that she built from her lounge room and living a life of abundance in so many ways. Before I get into the episode, I know I don't usually chuck in a little weekly update before a guest interview, but I just had to tell you guys because I haven't posted it on socials yet, but we got the house. I told you, I knew it was mine. I told you guys. I got the call literally 30 minutes after I recorded that episode saying our offer had been accepted. So I was so tempted to actually jump on and like add something into last week's episode. But oh my God, it's just, I'm so stoked. I just, the the amount of flow and ease that it happened with, I I can't even deal. I'm, I'll explain more about it on the next episode, but I just wanted to share it with you because so many people have been actually up in my DMs asking me if I got it. So I got it and I'm stoked and it makes me so excited how many of you guys actually were messaging to see if I got it. So I had to let you know. But anyway, I will update you fully next week on how I kind of went about that. But in the meantime, let's bring in Ash. Welcome. Oh, hey. Welcome to my new podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Glad to be guest number one in here. Yeah, I know. It's very exciting. I yeah. think it's very fitting that you're guest number one in here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you're here with me. Yep. You've been here for the journey. Yes, I have. No, it's very exciting. There's going to be some pretty good guests in here. I hope so. Mm. I can get them on. <laughs> 
Anyway, welcome to the podcast. It's been a long time coming. Yes. I mean, you've probably been mentioned in every single episode so far anyway, oh. so people already know who you are. Oh, good. Um, but before we get into the interview, I have two questions that I do like to ask every Ooh. guest. <laughs> and the first one is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, goodness or me. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still 18. Yeah. Um, I was actually one of those people that d- had no idea. Mm. Uh, I still have no idea. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But I was never like that one person that was just like, I'm going to be a nurse or yeah. I'm going to do this. No, uh, no. So, yeah, bad answer. <laughs> but I always, I mean, even now, like I chop and change my mind all the time. You know, I wanted to be a teacher um, I studied graphic design and then have a hex debt that I don't have a degree <laughs> for. I studied journalism that I don't have a degree for. Um, I wanted to be a chef. There's so many things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer, you know, all those cool things that you kind of see on the TV shows, but yeah. you never really do it. Um, I just never really committed to one thing. You know, I have like big passions for like two months and then kind of go out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, never really wanted to be anything. It's funny because everything that you just said just then, except for maybe lawyer, I'm yet to see a very argumentative side of you. <laughs> I'll ask Harry. Um, but everything that you mentioned, like you're such a good cook, that's where the chef comes in. <laughs> like you you cook the most ridiculous meals ever. Here From I my am dog. with my like, yeah. <laughs> Here I am with my like frozen meals and you're like <laughs> whipping up shit every day. Um, you've got teacher, which, mm. you know, you're mm-hmm. about to release a course, which yeah. we'll talk about. Um, you've got graphic design. You're a yes. social media manager. You create content. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you're kind of doing all of it really. Yeah, if you put it I that mean, way. that's the dream. Yeah. The lawyer side of it was actually like my empathy side. Oh, yeah. Um, if I was to be a lawyer, I would be a um, – defense lawyer Mm -hmm. so everyone would hate me including my boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) yeah her boyfriend's a police officer (laughs) yeah so um (laughs) I'm not gonna do that but um like that's the side I always really like feel bad for like people that are in court and are like oh I didn't mean to murder her bad for criminals oh no let him go he didn't mean it (laughs) so terrible lawyer I would have been Mm. but um it's more that emotional side that I would have liked well yeah I suppose you show that in things that you do anyway yeah Yeah. and the second question is what is your craziest business and I can't wait for you to tell this one because I know the answer but what is your craziest business story if it's what I'm thinking of if it's not what I'm thinking of then you need to replace your craziest business story the one where I almost ended up in court. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So in like my first year, I obviously wasn't that good uh, on the business side of things. So I didn't really have contracts set up or anything like that to save myself. And I was on a pretty good run of amazing clients. So this one client, which was a red flag from the start. I mean, she, one, messaged me on Facebook, which never happens. Yeah. Uh, two, she didn't have a profile picture, so <laughs> I should have just said no. But it was no my – profile f- picture, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first year, so I was basically just accepting everyone and anything for the experience, for the money. So I accepted her. Um, I sent her an invoice and she paid it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Good green flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the first task she asked me to do was block all of these people on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. 
And I was like, mm. okay, second red flag, but um, I'm just going to do it anyway. So I blocked all these people. She got to be angry because I blocked the wrong, like, Bob Smith. <laughs> She's like, how do you not know? I was like, damn it. So then I ended up blocking, like, every single Bob Smith there is known to man just so she didn't yell at me again. But anyway, I ended up doing, like, content plans and what I'm doing now, which is social media management, and then she – started to negotiate the price. It was, let's say it was like $1,000, the first invoice she paid. And then she was like, oh, I'm not actually seeing the work that's good enough. Can we go down to 700? And I was like, oh man, okay. I thought my work was good, but yeah, it's my first year. I'll do that. This must be business. People must negotiate. So I dropped it down to 700, sent the invoice, did the work. She didn't pay it. And then she's like, can I have another month, but for $300? And I was like, oh my God. Okay, I'll do it. (laughs) So she racked up invoices to about almost $2,000. And then she just kind of blocked, deleted, removed me, no contact whatsoever. And I was stressed out. Like this wasn't just like one client that I had on the side. Like this was my income. This Mm. was like how I paid the rent. Like I only just quit my job. So I got really emotional about it and I was like, oh, how do I like connect with someone else? So I went to that list of people that she made me block and I was like. That was clever. Oh, my God. And I, I just I just went through them all and I just messaged like the nice little old lady yeah. and she, immediately when I said the name, she was like, I'm calling you now. No more messages. I was like, oh, my God, okay, and I don't like phone calls. <laughs> so when this number from, like, New Zealand called me, I was like, hello. And then she's like, whatever you do, don't repeat what we tell you. And I was like, okay, here I am repeating it on a podcast. <laughs> anyway, I ended up just saying, like, look, I don't know if you know this lady, but she's asked me to block you, which means that hopefully you have contact with her husband or some other email address, mm. but she has $2,000 of invoices unpaid. She's blocked me from everything and I just need to get in contact with her. Can you just be like, hey, pay the invoice? I don't know what I was expecting her to do, yeah. but I just needed help. Yeah. Um, anyway, this lady ended up contacting her and then immediately the client called me and was like, did you contact this lady? And I was like, no, <laughs> me? What are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so then she was like, oh, so random. I thought you know, this conversation went like she said that you reached out to her and I was like, no, she reached out to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, that kind of just snowballed and um, she ended up trying to sue me for defamation from that phone call. She tried to sue me too. (laughs) (laughs) From that phone call of um, me talking to that woman and saying that, oh, your friend has an old alien voice. She was like, you're defaming me. And I was like, no, that's the truth. Um, so yeah, all these lawyers got involved. If I was a lawyer, I could handle it. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's where the lawyer comes in. But, um, yeah, to this day, invoice is not paid. Work is there and apparently she's in jail now. Really? Yeah. Actually, I think you did tell me that. And then what was, what was, oh, she tried to sue you. She tried to sue you for defamation because I posted in this group, uh, I said, I said, don't work with this woman because she was in the group. Yeah. Um, I said, don't work with this woman. She has unpaid invoices. And you commented a laughing face. Yeah. Literally just the laughing just, emoji. Just the laughing emoji. <laughs> no, I don't think you even posted. I think it was someone someone else posted and you commented, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Maybe someone else posted it. And I said, if you, if 
um, if you DM me, I'll tell you who not yeah, to yeah. hire. It wasn't even it wasn't yeah. even her name published. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. even anything. And then and then I commented back or something with a laughing face, and she messaged me saying she was going to sue me. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, she was crazy. But at least that, like, taught me a good lesson because now um, I have contracts in place. I have, like, even if I have to reach out to a lawyer, the client pays for that, yeah. which I have had to do once, which it was annoying. But, like, I'm not out of pocket for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good lesson. Yeah. Was that the was that the crazy business story you were going to tell me or did I just change it? No, 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 that was it. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about – Creative Cacti, tell us about your business. What's what's the story? Yeah, I mean, I guess I started this just out of pure fluke. Like it just happened by accident, but I feel like the universe was like, this needs to happen. So it just happened for me, like automatically. I feel like I didn't really try that hard. It kind of just fell into my lap. Is people listening being like, fuck you. <laughs> I know. I mean, I've obviously Just don't tried. Try hard, you're fine. <laughs> I've tried like since then, but um, like the actual start of it, which is what most people are so like fearful of, like just starting. Mm. Like that just that just fell into my lap accidentally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been really good. I mean, I do social media management for small businesses and startups. I don't do large businesses, and I don't do real estate businesses. They're my only two rules. <laughs> um, but apart from that, yeah, anyone can work with me. And the difference between me and any other social media manager is I'm not annoying. Yeah. Um, we really only talk once a month when I send the content plan. Anything in between that, like you should have a VA mm-hmm. or some sort of personal assistant. Like I'm not going to do those ad hoc tasks. I'm not going to annoy you with like analytics and everything like that. Everything is just kind of me saving you time. Yeah. And that's how I like to roll. That's how the clients that I work with like to roll. And then, you know, every now and then I get a client like once a week emailing me, oh, what's what's happening today? What are we doing today? And I'm like, okay, like you need someone else. You need like an agency if you want an everyday check-in. Because yeah, right. if a freelancer is doing that for every single client, I mean, I have almost 30 clients this month, that's impossible to manage. Mm. So it's just quick, fast. Obviously there's strategy in it and obviously the content is good. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the difference between me. Yeah. So what kind of content do you do? So you do Instagram posts? Yeah. yeah it's mostly Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I mean, the scheduling app is as easy as clicking LinkedIn, um, Twitter and all that kind of stuff, but no one's really um, gone in, too in depth with LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And then I've moved towards Reels about a month year ago and since reels came out yeah I was practicing and now I'm pretty good at them mm-hmm. um, so businesses hire me to create their reels and then that can eventually be on TikTok if we have enough footage yeah yeah great yeah and you mentioned that um, you know things just fell into your lap and you didn't have to try very hard oh, yes how how did you actually what do you mean by that like how did you get into social media yeah so um, there'll be a, there'll be a longer story but I'm gonna cut it in half uh, time it's fun <laughs> <laughs> no so basically I hated every single job that I've ever had I've just hated it and it's not that I hated the work because I've always been in marketing so that would be all good but um I just hated being told what to do I've hated like the nine to five and the annual leave it it's all been really shit so um one day I was just working at this small little um marketing agency and they were like oh we need to put this Ikea table together I was like 
okay, I'm not doing it. I'm going to skirt. <laughs> Who else is going to do it? No one else is here. And they're like, oh, just go an air tasker. And I was like, what the hell is an air tasker? What is that? So I just Googled it and they're like, yeah, like pay someone 50 bucks and like they'll come around the corner and they'll just build it while you work. And I was like, what? Yeah. That's not a thing. <laughs> anyway, it is a thing and it's a big thing. It's a big thing now, especially. <laughs> yeah, this was like before all the big ads and all mm. the advertisements. So this was like pretty fresh. I don't even know how they knew about it. But um, once I signed up and got that IKEA man to come, um, they started sending me like marketing emails, like EDMs and stuff saying, oh, why didn't you become a person to put IKEA stuff? And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> there's a reason I hired someone else. <laughs> um, but then like once you dug deeper, there's actually like online tasks that you can do. And I think I was just home one weekend and I was like, oh, marketing, oh, $500. I could do that today. Mm. So I just did it and it was easy. It was the easiest money I've ever made. And I was like, oh my God, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this on the weekends, like um in the winter or when I'm free. And I ended up doing that for about seven months while working full time, while also doing the tasks at the job that I was getting paid to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I ended up making like forty thousand dollars just from air tasks Jesus. in six months. And I was like, hang on. This is so close to my actual salary and I do it on the weekends. I do it whenever I want. Why can't I just quit my job and work on Airtasker? And I know that wasn't like the best idea. I mean, I told my mom and she almost bloody fell off a chair. <laughs> um, but my parents have always been like that. They always um, disagree with the things that – the crazy things that I do. But I – was in I was overseas and I had two weeks annual leave and then none for the rest of the year yeah. and that was driving me crazy yeah. and I found I was still on Airtasker overseas because it um, is a worldwide app mm-hmm. and I landed a job for like a thousand dollars and they were going to pay me for like two hours of work and I was like shut up I was oh like I'm God. not doing this I'm not going back to work like this thousand dollars is going to last me two months. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to make up some excuse. <laughs> I'm not going to actually quit. Like something's going to happen and then I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck overseas. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I ended up quitting and being like, you know what, I'm just going to survive on Airtasker for as long as I can and that that eventually got me like some recurring clients. So I still have a client today from, from my first job on Airtasker. I still only charge her $50 a week. But no way. Yeah, yeah. But what? She does like a full content plan. Yeah. <laughs> you charge fifty dollars a you don't you charge me much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's I mean, she doesn't have like that much work to do. She's my first one. We're kind of like we met up a couple of times, so she I don't know, she's just a good little memory and a little reminder. Um and she's got me a lot of business up from there because she has lots of friends. Yeah. But, yeah, that's how it kind of snowballed. I mean, once I got two clients, I was like, oh, my God, like what if I had five? What Mm. if I had ten? And then eventually I started the Instagram page and I was getting clients from Instagram and I didn't need Airtasker anymore. So once I hit like 300 five-star reviews on Airtasker, I was was like, I'm done because now I don't need that anymore. So it was a really good – experience as well so I was doing like all of digital marketing I didn't know if I wanted to do social media I was building websites like I was doing everything that I didn't know how to but I would just google it because like no one was watching me so why not yeah so I could just like do five hour YouTube tutorials and then do the actual website Mm. build it client was happy done it's so funny that you can like pinpoint the the 
moment that like the universe just told you to fucking hire an Ikea person from Netasca and that changed the entire course of your life. Yep, yeah. And then I don't think if I landed that like big job while I was like I was literally going in the elevator up to the Empire State Building and I got this email that I've been hired for $1,000 and like in that moment I was like I have to quit. Yeah. Like and that was like if that didn't happen or if I just got like a $200 job or a $50 $50 job, I'd be like, oh, I need to survive a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just a good – yeah, it was like perfect timing. It was like the push you needed. Yeah. And so did you then quit – like did you did you go back to that job? No, I didn't I didn't step back in the office not to, <laughs> not to pick up my stuff or anything because, I mean, it was already kind of um, um, like blossoming in my mind mm. that I kind of wanted to do that. Like I already thought about it a little bit. I never said it out loud but I always imagined like, oh, what if – what if I could do this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like to, when I'm on holidays, like pack up my desk just in case I don't go back. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a thing that I do. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I know you, but um, maybe give everyone an idea of like why you had that, that you know, travel thing, why you needed more than two weeks. Like tell us about life before the business. Yeah, I mean – I mean, if I'm starting from like the very beginning, I mean, high school for me was always really fun because you got that summer break (laughs) and you got those breaks in between. So I think from the beginning, I mean, everybody is instilled with this, oh, you get like 20 weeks off a year. Like that's crazy. And then all of a sudden, like you turn 18 and you have to work all the time. Like that's absolutely crazy. And because I only did uni part-time as soon as I turned 18 like schoolies weekend my mum got me a job (laughs) probably because she didn't want me to go to schoolies but um so I was working full-time since I was 18 years old and I from that moment I was like what do you mean like I can't have the summer off like summer's my favorite time like I love doing things in the summer why can't I just have three months a year off and Eventually that kind of snowballed into me missing my gap year, me not really having the uni experience because it was online and part-time, that when I was like 20 years old I felt kind of left behind. Mm. I was also in a high corporate um, job where everybody was 40 years older than me. So I felt like I did have that time to kind of quit my job um, and go overseas for a while. So I ended up I ended up applying for this job with Top Deck Travel and I was a chef on board. So <laughs> they as the chef. <laughs> yeah. So chick. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely wasn't a chef. <laughs> and again, that was a fluke of me getting that job as well. Like that was a pure accident. Mm. I didn't even want the job. I just went there. I was actually really drunk in the interview <laughs> and somehow they loved me. They wanted me. Um, I applied like five days after the cutoff date. My interview was like tomorrow and I was, and they were like, oh, you need to bring, you need to study French cuisine and you can't have notes. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care about this job. I'm not doing that. So I walked in like grab full. some snails off the ground. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked in like full confident because I wasn't stressed about getting the job. I didn't care that if I did it. I just, I just kind of wanted to go because yeah. um, I would have been like, oh, how cool would it be if I actually got it? But I'm not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I walked in and I'm like, 
I've got cards, sorry everyone, but I'm going to read off them yeah. and I don't care what you think. And I just did this whole spiel and I'm a bit confident when I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> so I was pretty good and they were just like amazed, like, well done, oh my God, <laughs> the best we've ever had. Like hired me on the spot and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. like hang on a second, I have a house, a boyfriend, a life, my mum's going to kill me, like what is what, what happens now? They're like, oh, you have to apply for your visa and you have to leave in three weeks. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like I actually got the job. And they're like, yes, like you have to you have to do that now if you want to join. And I was like, okay, that, that's fine. So I told my mum and she was like, no, you need to have this career, you know, this four-year um, job that you've had, you need to stay there, it's going to have so many opportunities. And I was like, nah, I'm all good. <laughs> um, and then the relationship I was in, I wasn't very happy anyway. So that really wasn't an issue for me leaving. So I was just like, see ya, Um, going to Europe. (laughs) See ya never. See you later. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, everything else just kind of fell into place. I mean, my visa got approved within a week. Uh, My best friend in the whole world was moving to London the same like week that I was going. So we could get like a house together. We could move together. It was just everything kind of aligned. Yeah. And then, yeah, I became like a chef on board these like coaches, like driving like 18-year-olds around, cooking yeah. them bacon and eggs for breakfast. Oh, that's so good. It was crazy. But then obviously the aftermath of that is that I come home after a year You can of, never live a mundane life again. <laughs> after a year of travelling to a different country every day yeah. and then they're like, okay, new job now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, back I, in the I, office. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that totally like – it makes so much sense that you just you, – you could not go back to just two weeks in a year, maybe getting an overseas holiday. like. I mean, yeah, I did that for about a year. So I was supposed to be gone for two weeks – two years, two weeks. <laughs> I was supposed to be gone for two years, yeah. um, but I fell in love and I ended up coming home a year early. Yeah. So that year, that transition year where I was bouncing from job to job, I just remember this one night where I was like in tears, like I hate my job, I hate everything that I've done since Top Deck, like what am I supposed to do? And Harry was just like – I know long distance was hard, but, like, just go back if you need to. Like, if that's what you want to do, then we can, I don't know, do something, work it out. And I was like, no, we can't do that. It's not going (laughs) to last. And then, yeah, about a year, I think in a year I had, like, four different jobs and, yeah, hated them all before Airtasker kind of came to me and – yeah. The first, I mean, the first year of just being on Airtasker was amazing because it was everything that I ever wanted to, yeah. wanted. I could work from bed. I could go to a cafe. I could um, do anything that I wanted to, you know, I could take Tuesday off, Wednesday yeah. off. I mean, I didn't have many clients to work those days, but um, I was able to do everything that I wanted to while I was on top deck. Yeah. Um, in my first year, I even did like a seven week stint, um, overseas like I took myself to Spain I mean I was staying in hostels still so (laughs) I wasn't exactly rich but um it still got my plane ticket there and hostels and I just couldn't believe that 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 could happen yeah so yeah oh it's so incredible and then tell us about like so you you transitioned into this air tasker you started to build your clientele tell us about you know 
your first year of business and compared to what what it looks like now like you just mentioned you know you took yourself to Spain and you were staying in hostels and that was kind of the first taste of like what you can give yourself yeah and now I see the things that you're spending money on it's a lot different (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean if I kind of take it back to my childhood I was like mum had me really young so we didn't have a lot of money and just like my career and everything else I was a complete accident um, so I feel Me like, too, don't worry. <laughs> um, so I feel like I kind of missed out on a lot of the stuff that a kid should have if they were, I guess, like in a married family that had an income to raise a child. I mean, I was kind of brought up on my grandparents' money because my mum was so young. I mean, she was about 20, 21. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I kind of always like saw other people at school. I mean, I still managed to go to a private school. I have no idea how they did that. But I was surrounded by like rich kids. So I always said, you know, oh, I wish I had that car or, you know, I had to go to the bus to school. Like it was just crazy. So I always kind of had that feeling of I wish I had that, but I just never knew that that's what I was feeling until, you know, I kind of did some deeper searching like only a couple of years ago. So the first year of business was I didn't care about the money the goal was freedom of time. Like that was the ultimate goal. I couldn't care if I couldn't afford rent. I didn't care about any of that. It was just, I want to take Nan out on a Tuesday morning for brunch. She can pay. <laughs> but <laughs> as long as I'm there, we're sweet. <laughs> the gift is me and yeah. then I can do it. Um, so yeah, that was like the ultimate goal. So especially in the first year, it wasn't necessarily about growing the business. It was just, oh, I'm happy to have these clients and I'm happy to have that time off. Yeah. Um, you know, I started in a one bedroom apartment in South Bank. So the apartment was tiny. It was built for just me to go to work from like every day in the city because I worked in the city. It wasn't built for me building a business. I had the tiniest office works desk. Like it didn't even fit my whole body. It like fit my laptop and then that's it. There was no like pen holder on the side because it didn't fit anything. And I was like in the lounge room and my partner does shift work. So he would be like on the couch watching TV and I'd be like next to the TV doing work and it just wasn't working, especially when I started to gain more traction with clients on Instagram, I started to become busier, that freedom of time slowly moved into working 80 hours a week, which I was quite happy with um, because I shifted from freedom of time to wanting to earn more money and visioning my future that I didn't have as a childhood to like give my children the future that I wish I had, which was just, I just don't want to worry about money. I just want to go to brunch tomorrow and get everything on the menu um, or like, you know, my partner has a random two weeks off next week. How cool if we could just fly to England for two weeks. Like just, just, I don't have to be rich. I don't have to be like, um, like Bill Gates or anything. I just want like a little money to play. (laughs) So that's how I'm kind of, envisioning my future now I mean now we've just moved into a beachside house I've got my own office I've got the newest Mac and everything that I want and I'm a little bit more materialistic now um, (laughs) which I'm totally happy with because I feel like I've earned it after you know living really frugally for like six years yeah Um, so I'm finally living the life that I feel like I want (laughs) oh nice and in terms of um you know, you mentioned that you, you know, began working those 80-hour weeks. Like what do your weeks look like now? Now they're actually not too bad. Um, so I'm transitioning my business a little bit now from client work to coaching to coursework. 
So I'm not really taking on any new clients now. And because I built the processes um, and templates all in time, a client doesn't take me too long. So I basically have my bulk client work, which probably takes me 10 hours a month. Um, And then everything else is just working on the business, trying to grow it, trying to get passive income. So I'm not working as much, but still getting the money that I want. Um, and then, yeah, it's slowly going to get higher and higher. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> While you're sitting in England. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening being like, oh, my God, you make this sound so easy. Like, I want this life. I want to be going to England mm. for two weeks. I want to buy myself a Louis at the end of the financial oh, year. <laughs> Or a Cartier bracelet. Ash got in my car once and I was like, um, what is on your wrist? (laughs) She's like, don't. (laughs) Don't talk about it. Um, But what are your top tips? Like you mentioned that you're going to start coaching and you're going to start kind of teaching people how to to build a business like this and and build this life. What are your top tips for someone who does want to maybe start out in social media? What do you wish you were told when you kind of fell into it? Yeah, I guess when I first started, I mean, right now, social media managers are everywhere. Like every time you open social media, Instagram, there's like a new social media manager. I suppose that's because social media is everywhere. Oh, exactly. Um, But when I like from Airtasker, when I landed that first job, you know, managing a social, managing socials, I had no idea that you could be a social media freelancer. Yeah. Like I had no idea that was a job. It wasn't until like a year later that I was like, oh, like people actually like do this. I thought I was coming up with this brand new idea. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, and I managed to like learn all the processes along the way. Um, I feel like I'm pretty good with like if I have to repeat something more than once, I'm like, no. Nope. There has to be some easier way. So everything that I do has some sort of template. Everything I do has some easy process from like the introduction email that I send to a client to sending an invoice. It's all manually, it's all automatically done so that I don't need to spend that extra 20 minutes per client per Mm. week doing that. So I think it's really important that you kind of come up with those processes in your own mind, you know, start to write things down like, oh, should I create a template in Google Sheets for the content calendar? I actually sell one, by the way, if you just want to buy it, but (laughs) that's totally fine. Little Um, plug there. (laughs) But I guess like there was nothing, like I had to build all of this by myself. And then eventually I was like looking at other social media managers that had like 100,000 followers and I was like, hang on, like I do that better. That's that's so weird that I do that better. Just little old me with 5,000 followers. Um, and then I eventually like reached out to them and was like, hey, instead of this, why don't you do this? And they were like, oh, my God, that's an amazing idea. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just really good at this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now what I'm doing is because I have so many of those questions in my DMs, I'm creating an online course to teach the everyday woman I mean, men can do it too, but it's very pink. <laughs> um, yeah, Ash is sitting here wearing a pink blazer with a pink water bottle, pink nails. Like, I don't think your niche is men. No, that's all right. um, Unless they like pink, oh, well, which they can. Know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with men liking pink. Um, but, yeah, I'm just trying to teach, like, the everyday person to, like, have the life that I have now immediately like mm. they they shouldn't have to go through the air tasker stage they shouldn't have to go through the stage of like wondering what they want to do like yeah. this is it if you build it within the year then then you can start making those decisions on where you want your business to go to yeah 
Um, so I've designed it so that, you know, my sister who is 22 years old, has a baby and has never worked in an office in her life, she can just pick it up and once she's completed the course, she can like be a social media manager. Yeah. I'm all about like you don't need to have some uni degree to do the job that you want. I mean, I would, I'd be that lawyer if I didn't have to go to uni. Yeah. Um, but with social media... It's pretty easy because you are learning. You are learning everything kind of off Google. It changes so much. I mean, if you did a social media course four years ago, it's going to be completely different now because there's Reels, there's TikTok, there's Snapchat. You know, Facebook is no longer really a thing with social media, so it's ever changing. So I don't think you should waste money on like a bachelor degree. Yeah. You can definitely learn all of this online. Yeah, I love it. And and for the other people, so you know. Them, they're the people that are listening who are business. They already own their businesses. They don't do social media. Maybe they need someone like you. Yeah. You know what I find it. Um, <laughs> but if they are, you know, say business owners or creators who are listening, what are your top tips for actually utilizing social media to, to build the business? Like what right now do you suggest for business owners to get the most out of social media? Yeah. Um, so if I'm talking about Instagram, so as an example, yesterday, um, it's trying to get a blow dryer and it's looking pretty good, but it took <laughs> me like three hours to find a good one. Yeah. And that is because, um, especially like the beauty industry, they're not using the right hashtags. They're not optimizing their Instagram profile and it actually does my head in. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yep. they're not using their so highlights <laughs> either. So if you like think about the way people are searching, I mean, I don't even really go to Google anymore unless it's like a last resort. Mm. All I want to do is I want to go to Instagram. I want to find a hairdresser in my area. So I'm going to search Mordialic hairdresser, Mordialic lashes, something like that. Mm. And whoever comes up is whoever has my business. But Mm. if I click on your profile and you don't have your price list, you don't have how to book, you don't have photos that aren't just lashes because I'm a customer, I don't know the difference between a good lash and a bad lash, Um, then I'm not going to book with you. So you need to have your everything in your Instagram profile from your location. Location is very important. Like how do I know where you are? Mm. So just that little pin emoji with like Morty Alec, that's all you need. You need to optimise that name in your Instagram. So a lot of people are like, name, I'm just going to put Ash Jarrah. No, it's it's searchable. Yeah. What you need to put in there is like lashes, Mordialic, or like lash artist or hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Um, that will make you a lot more searchable. And then hashtags, location hashtags on every single image. I don't care if you – if you're just putting lashes, that's going, to, that's going worldwide. Mm-hmm. Like that is absolutely crazy. Someone from America is not going to come down and – go to your salon. Like you need to be optimising it based on your area. So whether that's like Mordialic lashes, Bayside lashes, Melbourne lashes, it has to have some sort of location in mm. it. Um, the other thing, I'm somehow just doing this towards beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of your customers are beauty. Yeah, yeah. But um, the other thing is that people are only sharing photos of like their work. They're not doing any like what I call filler posts, which is like people getting to know what the salon looks like. Is it a home salon? Is it a cute salon? Um, You know, what are the little features inside? We don't just want to see lashes because the everyday person doesn't know the difference between a really good lash, an okay lash. Sure, we might know a bad lash. (laughs) Um, But in terms of that, like you you can share a couple of, examples which you should but not every post should just be like your work it should have some cute quotes in there show some your show some of your personality some photos of you some work and then obviously every business should be optimizing reels yeah um i don't care if you 
don't like showing your face, you don't have to show your face. Um, you need to be doing reels. Otherwise, you're not going to grow at all. Yeah. And then if you are, I guess, like a service-based business, um, you need to be utilising like lives with other content creators or other businesses. So I'm not talking about like your direct competitor, but have a think about who your target market is and then who are they following and then reach out to whoever they're following if it kind of makes sense. Mm. Um, Ask to do a live, uh, do like a 10-minute live, just like getting to know each other and then you've got all their followers. That's kind of how you grow and then obviously everyone should be on TikTok. Yeah. That's my next question. Do you feel like um, there's there's still hope for – being on Instagram because I personally feel like what I do on Instagram now does not compare to TikTok and I just can't be bothered with Instagram right now. Yeah, I definitely feel the same. Um, I'm not really focusing on my business Instagram right now, which is which some people think it's crazy, but I have enough clients to put all my effort into their work. Yeah. I don't necessarily have to put a lot of effort into mine because I already have the business that I need. Mm. This is exactly the opposite to what I'm saying in my course. But I feel like I'm built up enough to not have to worry about a post every single day. But yeah. if you're a business trying to grow, you definitely still need Instagram, um, but just not your average Instagram. You need to include reels. You need to include stories. And, yes, there is a lot of crap to like keep – up to date with because mm. they keep changing. You know, TikTok's come on board and now everybody's spending their time on TikTok. They're not on Instagram anymore. So Instagram is now trying to, I guess, like up your Reels views or include some more features that are going to try and get you off TikTok and back on onto Instagram. But, I mean, I when I even think about it, it's not what's crazy, but like I create Reels and that's basically one of my highest income earners, but I don't watch Reels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know that I'm not like you got to kind of think about you're not like targeting what you do. So, yes, I'm on TikTok a lot, but it doesn't mean that everybody's on TikTok a lot. So you still need to be capturing all of the audience. You still need to be on Instagram for those people that aren't on TikTok yeah. and you need to do vice versa. There are still a lot of stubborn people who refuse to get on TikTok. Oh, my God, just do it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So what is your advice for someone? I mean, you and I have absolutely no problem with this because we just love the attention. <laughs> But what is your advice for people who, you know, don't want to show their face and and just cannot possibly fathom the thought of showing up to their Instagram, showing their face, talking on stories? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. Um, If you are a product-based business and you're not even showing your face anyway, Mm. you can do a lot of reels, a lot of stories without actually showing your face. It can be you know, tutorials on how to use your product and just your hands are in them. As long as you have a good tripod and an iPhone, um, then you will be totally fine to do all that kind of stuff. If you are a service-based business, I guess it's a little bit harder, um, but there are ways around it, I guess, you know, some cute Canva quotes and maybe some staff members, um, but it is quite hard to – it's quite hard to show your personality to people if they don't know who they're talking to. I suppose if you are a service-based business, you are someone who likes showing their personality. Yeah, yeah. I do have a friend who is like does the same job as me and she doesn't like showing her face Mm -hmm. and she does find it hard. So what she needs to do is like land one good client and then word of mouth kind of just recommends everyone to her instead of, you know, them booking for your personality. Mm. So it can be quite difficult. 
Yeah. Um, I think on the mindset side of things, like um, something that I tell some of my clients in my mentorship is that if you don't want to show your face, figure out why. Like yeah. figure out what it is that is stopping you. Like is it the fear of what people think? Is it oh, the yeah. fear of um, – you know, is there something that you're insecure about? Like if you dive yeah. deep into finding why, then Definitely. you can actually begin to heal that as well. Yeah, I mean, I know it's been great. I show my face quite a lot and I always have and that is because I feel like I wouldn't succeed without it. Mm. But I have definitely always been self-conscious about my teeth mm. and I was always talking to the camera and then deleting it and then talking again and then trying a different angle. Maybe from above you won't see them. And then I got my teeth done and – Nobody noticed. <laughs> so you can tell that that's just like a like a confidence thing. Yeah. Um, and But that was good because then like since then, like that little expensive change, but um, <laughs> just that little thing that was in my head that I fixed, I am now like all over it. Like yeah. I'm happy to do no makeup on my stories when yeah. I used to like have to do a full face and then quickly rub it off. Yeah. Um, so I now feel a little bit confident. So I'm not saying like go get your teeth done, but like <laughs> if there's that little thing that is, you know, bugging you, then like it's about figuring it out, yeah, figuring fun. out how you can actually heal it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that um, something I always tell my clients as well is that once you see the results you get yeah. after showing your face, oh, yeah. you can't go back to not. Like if you just give it one go and you see the, oh, the results, like you just – yeah, you, I mean, I was up. I was super scared to do it and then once I saw the, all the replies and all the likes and, you know, people two months later being like, oh, I remember when you did that one a month ago? Yeah. Then I was like, you know what, this needs to happen like every single day. Yeah. So I need to like show up for my business. And it was also a really good mindset thing as well because like running an online business is super hard with routine, especially mm. when I am with someone who doesn't have a routine at all. I mean, he does shift work, like mm. he has today off. Um, so it was really hard for me to, you know, wake up every morning, put clothes on, like not just my pyjamas. So that was a really good thing for me to start showing up for my business. I would yeah. wake up at eight, have a shower, get dressed, put some makeup on, do my work. And then along the journey of my day of doing my work, I was able to like document it because I was feeling ready. I was mm. feeling fresh and it was just a really good like routine start for me. Yeah. I love that. And I suppose you weren't um, really that affected during lockdown as well. Like, you know, you, you kind of your business as usual, really. Yeah, if anything, it was really positive for me because, um, I mean, a lot of people got quite scared of, you know, if they were working in corporate, if they're working their nine to five. And a lot of people had that idea in the back of their head, like, oh, in five years time, I'll start my business. Mm-hmm. So um, COVID just meant that that was fast track. So these people that got let off or was now working from home, they're like, okay, I'm finally going to start my business now. Like now is the perfect time. So I need to hire a social media manager. So that was really good for me um, because people started taking their side hustles really seriously because there was no other way for them to get money. Mm. So it was really good, but it obviously changed the way a lot of marketers think mm. um, and a lot of the way small businesses are um, yeah, for sure. Their business. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of people, even the small businesses that already existed, they needed that extra push to keep the money coming in. Yeah, as well. definitely. I mean, people were online, mm. so there you needed so much content out there. I mean, all people could do was be on Instagram and TikTok. So yeah. um if you were creating content during that time, then you would probably see that they were successful because mm. they were taking it seriously. Yeah. And I mean, you seem to have a very 
wonderful life. I mean, you do. Oh, no, you don't you. seem to. <laughs> you do. Um, what are some things that, you know, behind the scenes you may struggle with, like running your own business? Like what are some of the hard things that you have to deal with? Yeah, I guess in the first three years or so of starting the business, I was, I've always been like a very independent person. I didn't really like um, the people that I worked with. I didn't like gossiping or the drama or anything like that. So um, I was pretty happy with not having anyone to talk to or not doing any of that because I didn't like it. Mm. But then I think, you know, around the three-year mark, I was like, oh, like it would be good to like let off steam about like my boyfriend or like who do I talk to about that because my best yeah, you miss that work that yeah work I mean we were in lockdown there was no one I could actually physically talk to my best friend lives overseas I didn't really have an online like community that was really good um so I didn't really have anyone to talk to and I just felt like I was kind of exploding I was um you know, getting really angry at my boyfriend because he didn't understand what, what I was talking about, you know, with the target customer. And he was like, what is that? Like, why don't you just know? He's like, um, where's the criminals? <laughs> <laughs> so he just, like, he just doesn't understand. And I guess you weren't even in the picture then. Like, mm. we weren't really good friends. So I didn't even have you to, like, talk to about it. Um, I have, like, this group of girls now, which only came about a year ago. I didn't really have anyone. So it can get a little bit lonely. Yeah. I... I actually remember like crying. I don't actually cry that much, but I remember crying one night being like to my boyfriend, like, oh, you don't understand. Like you come home and then you go to sleep and then I've been working all day and I've just got no one to talk to and I just want to talk to you about it. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't either. Um, So yeah, it can get lonely. But now that I have like a community of girls, I mean, we went to like lunch yesterday and we could just like talk about our clients. Um, Yeah, it's been really good ever since then. But it can get lonely. And now you have me, so. Yes. Yes. And then (laughs) I guess if I um, did something like the comments, like rented a space, I could have almost like I could choose when I wanted that little bit of like office drama or make new friends and I could, I guess, choose who I wanted to talk to. Um, That was never really an option for me in the first couple of years just because I couldn't afford it Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't even know that it existed, so. Yeah. Shout out to the comments. <laughs> so, I mean, you've touched on it briefly um, and I have watched you working very hard the last fucking ages because you've been pushing it out for so long. <laughs> but tell us what what this next big project is for Creative Cacti. Yes. So it is a course. It's called Your Social Life, aka YSL, and I'm going to buy a handbag. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's basically just the everyday girl or boy that likes pink to um, buy this course. You can buy it in full or you can do like an afterpay kind of situation. Um, and, yeah, you're basically making your money back when you sign your first client. I'm going to tell you how to find clients on Airtasker. I'm going to find you how to find clients on Instagram. This does everything from like setting up your ABN to trying to find a name for your business to then scheduling content to then coming up with grids. Like it is just the one-stop shop. You don't need anything or any experience to Mm. do this course. Like I just want anyone to be able to pick it up. My mum is going through it now and then I'm going to test her on questions and if she doesn't know the answer then mm, 
<laughs> but um, it's good to have like a little test bunny and I'm going to do a pre-launch. I've got a couple girls in line. They're going to do it. Mm-hmm. They're going to give me feedback. Um, and, yeah, I just want to make it like super simple. Yeah, It's got all the templates I've ever created. There's like thousands of stuff in there. And then um, there will be some options to do like one-on-one coaching um, to kind of talk through it a little bit. But it's designed for anybody ever to pick it up and understand it. And if you don't understand it, then there is a Facebook group that we're all going to be a part of and everyone's going to start asking questions and it's going to be one big community. It's going to be amazing. I love it. I love that you have just taken everything from the last four years. Yeah. 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 And just like just – would it cut it down for people who just want to be in that same position? Like you've taken that community aspect and you've put that in there. Yeah. You've taken all the things that you had to learn by yourself and just you're just handing it to people on a silver platter basically. Yep. It's a mix of everything. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and then beyond creative cacti, um, you are someone that has very many wonderful ideas. Oh, stop it. <laughs> what else is lined up for Ashley Jarra? Oh, goodness. Well, I can get out my notes. <laughs> I mean, do you know what's funny? How I said Ashley, your full name, but then I don't bother with your last name. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> hey, what's your full name, Ash? <laughs> Including Ash, your middle name. Ash Jarra. <laughs> No, but um, I don't know. There's a business every minute going Mm -hmm. on in my head. I honestly, I need some sort – I feel like I need some sort of product. I mean, I look at all the wonderful work you're doing and I know you're kind of like, oh, man, I have to go to the Australia Post. (laughs) But I just – some reason want to do that. I think I just like want – to like pack something and make it look really nice and then send it off and then be like, oh, my God. Um, so I <laughs> <laughs> I love packing your orders. <laughs> I don't know. There are so many things going on. I mean, Em and I are going to do the Sausage Club one day um, and, yeah, hopefully a lot of other things. You're really not letting us in on any of your secrets. Yeah, I mean, it, are you thinking of something? That, yes. Oh. I don't think we'll say it though because who can steal it? <laughs> Okay, we'll take this off. (laughs) You've just got lots of things coming up. Oh, there's so many. There's a million and different things. Yeah, always Uh, always coming up with ideas. Oh, always. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's all we have time for today. Yeah, that's all we have time for. Oh, that was easy. It was lovely chatting to you. I actually asked Ash before if she was nervous and she was like, um, should I be? (laughs) You made me nervous. I know. I did throw some questions at you that we didn't plan, but – no, that's right. Well. Yeah, just <laughs> spitball it. And, hmm. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Ash. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. You have no idea how grateful I am that you are here. If you loved this episode, the best thing to do would be to share it with a friend. Be that person who encourages others to step into their power too. Make sure you are following on all of the platforms listed for you in the show notes, subscribed on Apple or Spotify and in the closed Facebook group community too. And I will chat to you next week.